You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 281 with Trisha Campbell. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Trisha on the show today. With everything going on in the world, I wanted to have Trisha um, come on for this week's episode because she shares with us her story and she talks to us about how she learned to bounce back. And I think with everything that's going on in the world and just that being kind of this weight that is on everyone, as well as our own problems, issues, whatever it may be, you may just feel like I don't know if I can do this. Like, how can I bounce back? Maybe you feel overwhelmed. And so I wanted her to come on, share her story. Um, She has five kids. Three of them are adopted. She shares with us that she got Lyme disease and how she started to heal herself, as well as it's so important. She pointed out that it is so important as moms to take care of ourselves so that we can show up as the mom that we want to be, as well as paying attention to our marriage. And the thing that stood out to me the most, though, was She said, don't believe lies, the lies you have a tendency to believe. I mean, what lie is it that you believe all the time? Like the one that just kind of comes through, you may not even realize how often you think about it, but just think about that for a second. Like, what are the lies that you believe that you're like, no, this is a fact. I I totally believe this. And really, if you asked other people, people that knew you, would they say, oh yeah, that for sure is something that, you know, describes you as a person, or would they be like, no, that's a lie. So this episode is really great for those of you that are just feeling heavy hearted. You're kind of like, I don't know how I'm going to bounce back with whatever you're going through right now. If you just feel like a weight is on you, you feel overwhelmed. This episode's for you. I hope it leaves you inspired. And most of all, you guys, I hope it lets you know that you're not alone. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, you guys, with everything that I just said uh, about feeling heavy-hearted, overwhelmed, I just want to remind you guys that I am a certified life coach as well as certified weight loss coach. And as much as I love helping women lose weight, that is a passion of mine. Um, I also am just a general life coach, meaning I actually coach a lot of my clients on more things than weight loss. And so if you feel like you're struggling, you feel like you just need to process things and talk it out and you don't want to go to your friends or your family, take advantage of my free 30-minute coaching session. Okay. This is for you guys. This is one of the things that I wanted to do to give back to my listeners. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com, look for the coaching tab, and then find a day and time that works for you. If you cannot find something that works for you, email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com, put in the subject line, um, needing to find a coaching time. All right. And I will personally respond to that, but just know you're not alone and there is no strings attached. This is a gift to my listeners. And again, take advantage of it. I would love to kind of just be there for you and, you know, be that neutral person that sometimes we just need. So um, I just want to remind you of that. Take advantage of it. I would love to get to know you and meet you guys. Um, But let's go to the show. I really hope you enjoy it. Trisha, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. So I like to start off every episode with an icebreaker. And so the question I have been asking my guests lately is, what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? 
I think I would want to tell my younger self to just chill out a little bit. <laughs> I was a little too intense when I was younger. I was a little, I, I was a little too, um, like things needed to be just so. And, uh, I think that that was one of the reason God gave me eight kids. It took, it was eight was enough to get me to stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> eight helped you to chill out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah, love that. I, I would have lost it. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you feel like the eight kids is what helped you do it? Or do you feel like as you've gotten older, that's also helped you to chill out as well? I think it's a little bit of both. And it's also part of the faith journey, right? Mm. I mean, we're all projects. We're all under construction, right? And uh, so along on a long life's journey, God has just been working on me and and um, really like the perfectionism thing that I used to have going on, I think had a lot to do with, I, I used to just put a lot of pressure on myself. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, my mom said that I was so type A that even my blood was A plus. I mean, was- <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So, <laughs> I like that. So, um, um, yeah, yeah. I can and- see. I can see too. Like, just I think I I see people talking to about as they get older, and you know, um, and I've even noticed this with myself. But I think people you know, when they start talking about each decade that they keep going into like 50s, 60s and stuff like that, it's like they, they don't care about the things that they cared about when they were in their 20s and 30s and even 40s. I think it kind of starts to change a little bit more even in your 40s. But um, yeah. it is very interesting how you kind right. of realize what things you can just let go of and not worry about it. But when yeah, you're younger, you're really like, matters. Right. But right? it's everything like, when you're younger. Mm-hmm. Right. And you're like, oh, I know. Wait a minute. <laughs> Apparently that didn't matter. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> that exactly. hasn't mattered for a whole decade. So I might as well let that one go. Right. Yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's get started, Trisha. So how about you tell us your full name, where you live? And you just told us that you had eight kids, but um, right. how about you tell us the age range when you get to that part? Okay. Um, my name's Trisha Campbell. I live in Northeast Ohio with my husband, Dave. Um, we raised eight kids, uh, three biological, five adopted special needs kids. And, uh, well, let's see, they used to be zero to 14 and now they are 22 to 36. How about that? Wow. Wow. Yeah. March is is on. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So this is, you know, I thought this would be so great to have you come on, inspire moms, especially, you know, when moms are just struggling with one or two kids. And so I think we can learn a lot when you have eight, you have eight different personalities. Like you said, you have special needs. I mean, there's a lot going on. And yeah. so I think it's like, you could give us some wisdom on yeah. raising kids. And so how about you just share with us how you got to where you are today? So telling us like, what made you decide to have eight kids, you know, adopting the five, having the three, and then um, also talking about your book, and then we'll jump into the questions. Okay. Um, I would say relative to deciding to have eight kids, that never, ever, ever happened. (laughs) You didn't decide. (laughs) It just happened. (laughs) It just, yeah, it it occurred, but the decision was never made to have eight kids. Um, uh, When I was young and working on Hunger Project in Tijuana, Mexico, one of the, well, two of the places we went were orphanages. We Mm. used to feed people in the the dumps and the orphanages. And then we'd also go to the Tijuana jail where they didn't feed people either. Um, It was up to the families, believe it or not. Oh, wow. And yeah. 
And um, when I was in the orphanages, I would be like holding two and rocking one with my foot and just, Aww. you know, giving eye contact and, yeah. and, and stuff because the nuns, honest to Pete, all they could do was like change and feed them and start back at the beginning again. They didn't wow. have time um, to, to cuddle or nurture them mm-hmm. or, or give them tactile attention, yeah. anything like that. Wow. And then, and a lot of times there were a couple in a crib Hmm. Um, you know, actually th- there was one time I went in and there was one under a crib. Uh, oh. They had a mattress, but he was under the crib. Oh, wow. I wow. know. Well, yeah. he wasn't getting stepped on. I'll give him that. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, wow. But he certainly wasn't contained. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that was where I... I came to the space of, I, I think I really want to adopt someday. Mm. Then my husband, well, husband now, but my boyfriend then came down to visit me when I was in, um, I was living in San Diego and working on the hunger project. And, um, I, he, he proposed and I, I felt like I couldn't answer him unless I showed him and told him that I had this really strong feeling that I wanted to adopt someday. I didn't think it would be fair. Right. Yeah. So, Anyway, I made the poor guy wait a couple of days for my answer because I had to haul his cookies down to Tijuana. Show oh my gosh! <laughs> I know. And uh, so then, you know, his his heart was pricked too, though. And um, mm. he's like, "Yeah, that probably is a good idea." I was like, "Okay." Aww, then, yeah. yeah. So so that's how we started that journey. Okay. But then I was on a faith journey at the time. Also, at the same time, I had. I had grown up um, Catholic, and and when I was uh, studying government in politics and in in college, I saw a lot of like violence against the Catholic Church in in Central America, South America, in those areas, El Salvador, um, and I was like, well, this isn't working for them, and it's not working for me, and I just sort of ditched it and started mm. looking started looking mm. and I started looking for the truth and I found it eventually because God said so, you know, he said, if you seek the truth, you will find it. And mm. it just took me 10 years. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, I have my own story about that. That's a whole nother story. Um, but so when, um, after I, I found God, he started to give me dreams of a black baby girl with one arm. Whoa. And she was our daughter. Wow. Yeah. That's specific. It's very specific. Yeah. And I had three of the dreams and she was different ages in the dream, but she was definitely our daughter and she was different ages in the dreams. Wow. So she went like baby, little girl. Like growing up. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was clearly our daughter. Whoa. And um, so... Anyway, after the third dream, we went to church that morning and I always told Dave when I had the dreams, but... Went to church that morning, and the scripture was from the book of Mark, where it says, And Jesus took a child among them and said, He who receives one such child receives not just me, but him who sent me. And I just started bawling. And I was I I just knew that I knew that I knew like God was calling us to adopt, like now, like 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 he was starting the the process. Wow. And Dave just looked at me like, What's going on? Yeah. And, <laughs> and uh and I just pointed to the scripture and I said, Danielle, and he's, and then I saw, I got to watch the, the light dawn on his face, um, when he realized what it, what it said. And so, yeah, so that's how that whole scene started. And I've always been a journaler. Mm. And, um, when the kids were younger, I journaled and, and then at some point I always, I, I, I just always had a feeling that it was going to be a book someday. 
And so uh, a few years ago, I got really sick with Lyme disease. Oh, wow. And I am one of those people that I'm kind of like the Energizer Bunny, but I couldn't be when I yeah. was sick. That. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, so I needed purpose in my life while I was healing from this thing. But I don't know if you know anybody that's gone through this, but it's not a short journey. No. Mm-mm. And so I needed purpose. And so I just started writing the book to give me purpose, but I wasn't having to exert a lot of energy. Yes. So I started writing the book and then COVID hit. I'm like, everybody's locked down. Okay. Right. What a great time to write a book. So mm. that's, that's what I did. Wow. And, and eight was enough was born. So you, you had Lyme disease not that long ago then. Is that what you're right. saying? Four, okay. Four years ago. Four years ago. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole different topic, but did you just get bit by a tick and did you well, know it? You know what? I'm from the Northeast. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's, it, they don't know where I got it, but oh. I spent so much time in the woods of Maine and in like just playing anywhere near my house in Boston and mm. stuff. I mean, it's just, it, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, they asked me if I'd ever seen the bullseye rash and I right. was like, well, you know, kids have so many marks all over them and yeah. I don't know. I mean, I remember bazillions of bugs, but I don't remember exactly when I got it, but I tested and they, they can, what they do is they, they can tell if you have Lyme, but then they also can tell all the other co-infections that come with the tick that bit you. And one of the worst ones I had was Epstein-Barr. And so I was so tired. Uh, I was sleeping like 14 hours a day. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was terrible. I mean, I like my husband had to go to the doctor with me and go, listen, she's not herself. Yeah. This, this is so, my, my wife is the energizer bunny. You don't understand. And they go, oh, well, you know, her, her lives look great. And he goes, uh-uh, yeah. something's wrong. You yeah. need to keep looking. That's good that and he advocated for you. Yeah, for it sure. was because I didn't have the energy to fight with right. them. Yeah. Well, and, oh. and again, this is, this isn't, this is not what this is about, but, um, I'm just curious, like, so you could have had it a long time ago, right? And, and then it's yes. just showing up. Is that correct? This is how well, that okay. sometimes works? What happens is a lot of times people's immune system will handle it. Oh. And so think of it as like a beach ball and you're keeping it underwater and you're yeah. doing a great job holding it underwater, uh-huh. but it just pops up, right? You wow. run out of gas. Wow. And what happened was I had this big surgery and after that surgery, I just couldn't get right again. (gasps) And, um, the stress of the surgery let it out and then, and then we're off the races, but it kind of does Amber talk about what we're going to talk about because I'll tell you what I had experienced enough times where I needed to bounce back. Mm. I believed with all that I am that I was coming back. You know, like this wasn't what God had planned for me. I wasn't going to stay like that forever. As many times as I almost, you know, wished I would die, you know, Mm. because I felt so sick and I just, you know, just so sick. And I couldn't, like some people would be like, she's really sick, but it's nothing that's going to kill her. And I'd be like, I wish sometimes. It oh, wow. Like, it yeah. just was so bad. But at the same time, because as, as I walked this whole walk with the eight was enough, um, the kids, 
I had to be, I had to be resilient. I Mm. had to know how to bounce back. I had to know what I needed to do for me and, and, and put that into practice. So, yeah, yeah. And and that is one thing that I do want to talk about is um, resiliency during hard times. So let's just back up though for uh, a minute. Um, So let's talk about what made you decide to write the book. And also I am curious, um, how did you end up getting five uh, kids that you ended up adopting? Like if you can tell us a little bit of that story. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, What was the first question? We can start with how did you decide to to adopt so the five? I, I just like I said before, I decided to to write it because I just always knew I was going to write it, but then I decided when I was kind of low energy and I needed purpose that I was going to write the book. Like that was the, that was the perfect time to do it. So right. I took a writing class online, and I found a writing coach, and and then you know just kept going yeah. until it. It was published. Um, and then, uh, to get five. Uh, so we had, we, uh, when we started the whole process looking for Danielle, um, we ended up, uh, we were looking for a special needs transracial adoption. And, um, it was really hard because there are some social workers that are completely against kids of color being in white homes, which honestly, I would I would love it if every kid could as closely match their adoptive family yeah. as possible, but it's just not possible. Yeah. And at this point, the 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 numbers are at the time that we were adopting, the numbers were exactly flipped. Eighty five percent of the kids in care were kids of color, mm. and eighty five percent of the families that were adopting were Caucasian. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was exactly flipped. Yeah. <laughs> and so the 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 social worker we finally found the social worker that totally swam upstream and mm. um we ended up getting our first adoption it was a little a uh, 10 month old baby boy uh he was uh born to teenagers and mm. he was three different races black white and american indian mm. and um or native american I'm supposed to say that i know um, <laughs> <laughs> i know <laughs> it's okay um, and uh he um, he had, a like kind of a, a dicey family mm-hmm. history. So, so that was, that was really the only special needs that they could identify, oh. but they also felt that cause he was 10 months old, Dave and I had already had three kids and we knew what a 10 month old oh, needed or wouldn't do right. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. developmentally, yeah. like if they gave him to a family that had never had a baby, they wouldn't know what to expect. Oh, interesting. Know? Yeah. What he from or where he was going to, what was appropriate, all that. So they wouldn't know. So they decided they really wanted our family to have him. And and that's when we got our first son. Well, we had him home for only a few months. And I, I strongly felt like Danielle was still out there. And my I, w- I was like, this is going to sound crazy to Dave because, you know, I mean, we've got four kids and they're all little. They're like seven, five, three, one. And, um, so I, I, I just sort of kept it under my hat and then I was like, I, I got to tell him. And I did. I just said, Dave, I really think Danielle is out there. And he said, that's okay. So do I. And oh. I was like, oh, God. He oh. goes, I thought you were think I was crazy. I was like, I thought the same thing. Um, so we 
that's a whole nother story. That's it's yeah. a really kind of a cool story. It's in the book about how we found Danielle, but mm. we actually found her. Okay. And then, um, after her, there was another complete divine setup and we got another daughter. And then after that, we got another, I mean, it was just like, we ended up fostering and adopting okay. because the the need was so great for sure. foster care and we realized as as new adoptive parents that if you can foster in the first place then you can reduce the number of changes the kid has to go through in oh, any yeah. child yeah any sense every right. every every change is traumatic so if you can reduce the number of changes for them that can really help them out so we decided to do that. And so our last three were all foster to adopt. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk about this. Um, one of the topics that I wanted to talk about is something that I think is in your book, isn't it? And is it, um, parenting is the hardest job you're ever going to yeah. love. Is that what you talk yeah. about in your book? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that there's just so many different phases of raising kids. It's like you have little babies that's challenging in its own way. Then you have toddlers and then you have school age kids and, and they're going through um, challenging times. Like that's where I'm kind of at right now in elementary school. And yeah, yeah, so there it's easier because they can take care of themselves, but then there's other things like social stuff that I'm now having to kind of maneuver. And it's like, well, I'm not prepared for this. And, (laughs) and, um, and it's more emotional stuff versus the physical tiredness of babies and stuff like that. And then, and I am sure then there's going to be a whole nother slew of things with high school and stuff, right? Yeah. 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 So you're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not wrong. And so, (laughs) um, and let me tell you too, Amber, Adult children have adult problems yeah. and you're still the mom, right? <laughs> I, know. So. I know. It doesn't go away. And so um, for the people that are just, you know, they're having those hard days and, you know, they're just kind of like, I don't know what to do. And, you know, maybe people have adopted kids and they're just kind of thinking, gosh, was this the right thing to do? This is so hard. I would just love for you to share with us and, and you know, just give us some encouragement because, you know, the thing about the show that I love to do is I love to inspire moms. I also love to, you know, let moms know that like they're not alone. So, um, if there's anything that you would love to share about this topic, um, that could help a mom, I I would love to hear it. Right. So I, I would say first off that when you are in a storm, right. And whether it's an emotional storm or a a health storm or a a legal storm, like sometimes with adoptions can get snarly, um, all those kinds of storms of your life. You just have to always think either God is going to hold me through the storm or he's going to stop the storm. But Mm. a lot of times he just holds you through it. And so I always try to, to visualize him that way, um, that I, I believe he won't ever give me more than I can handle. Um, because, well, it's not, that's not actually the, the that's actually not actually what I believe. I won't, I believe he won't give me more than he can handle because mm. what I can handle is a completely different deal. Right. Yep. And then everything else, like 
he, he's going to show up. He, I always say that when, when God gives the vision for something, he also gives the provision for it. Mm. And so if he's going to call you into adoption, he's not going to go, well, good luck with that. You know, he's, <laughs> <laughs> and see on the other side, you know, he's, he's not going to do that. He is going to walk you through. And there were so many times, so many times that he just showed up and we didn't know what was going to happen. Like one time we were, we were finalizing two adoptions at the same time. And at the same time, because our family was growing, we were also putting an addition on our house. So we were kind of tapped out financially Mm. between the addition and the adoptions. And that that's, that goes without saying. Adoptions are expensive, yes. period. Yep. Um, you get typically, um, I don't know if you know this, but typically you pay about a third uh, when you start the whole process. You pay a th- another third when the child is placed and then another third when you finalize. Mm, wow. And that's how they usually break it up so okay. that you don't have it all at once. Right. So anyway, we were, we were finalizing two, which means we had two thirds that we were going to have to pay. Right. Mm. And, um, we also had this addition going on and I'll tell you what, we went to court, like ready to whip out the credit cards because we had just finalized one the week before in Columbus and we were finalizing another one this week in Cleveland and we didn't have the money in the bank. and so. Uh, I don't remember if David paid the the builder or what, but it was just, it was not there. So we just went there thinking, we're just going to have to pull out the plastic and um, we're not going to let this rain on our day. We're going to have a great day, but we're pulling out the plastic. Yeah. So we get there, we, we go through the whole rigmarole with the, with the judge and everything, which is, it, it's not rigmarole. It's great. It's fun. And, uh, and then we we kind of turned to our social worker. She's like, well, have a great day. And we're like, okay, well, um, do we need to finish our, you know, settle up our payment um, for for our, our, our case to close? Yeah. And she's like, um, no, it looks like it's all complete. And I go, but I mean, the last, you know, the last payment. Yeah. She goes, nope. It's not here. It, uh, I, 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 it looks like everything's in order. I don't see any any Mount Dew or anything wow. like that. And and all of a sudden, like after me after me saying that twice, I just looked at Dave like, oh my goodness, like <laughs> here goes God, right? Yeah. And and so we both just grabbed a hand of each kid and scurried out of the courtroom. <laughs> and we're like, okay. Um, but, but then we were telling our pastor friend about it later, like what, that this really cool thing happened. And he said, do you remember, um, in the book, I think it was in the book of Kings where there, this guy had borrowed an ax head and it fell in the water and it was lost. And the prophet, and I think the prophet was Elijah, Elijah threw a stick in the water. He said to the guy, and the guy's like, oh no, it was, it was borrowed. I'm, I'm lost, you know? And the guy said, where did it fall in? And he said, right there. And he threw a stick in the water and the ax head floated. Wow. Yeah. And so anyway, our pastor said, you know, that was a forgiven debt. Mm. He was in debt and there was no way he could pay it. And it was lost. And then God provided, like he just floated the ax head. He said, so somehow God just forgave that. That is so cool. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, that is. 
Yeah. So, you know, just God just does come through. He just, he just shows up, yeah. you know? And, and like I said to David, I said, you know, where was our faith? Why didn't we pray that he'd show up? And, and instead of going, oh, we're going to pull out the credit cards, but you know, we, we were just doing the Campbell thing, you know, it was chaos at the Campbell's every morning and <laughs> we we're doing chaos at the Campbell's and getting oh. our little selves to court on time. And we didn't stop to say, you know, God, is there some way you could provide here? He just knew, right? He just knew that he needed to provide yeah. for your chaos. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. So I love that. He, yeah. So, you know, parenting is the hardest job you'll ever love, but it's so fulfilling and it's so it's so, I don't know what you call it. It's like multifaceted, you know, it's just yeah. so much going on in every arena. Like you were saying before, like emotional, psychological, physical, spiritual, whatever, it's all going on all at the same time. Is there and, something uh, that you would want to, you know, tell moms, especially with younger kids that just feel like, are they ever going to get out of this, whatever phase they're in? Do you have any encouragement for them? I would tell you that the days drag and the years fly. Yeah. Yes. I've heard it's, that before. Yeah. It's just true. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely true. And, and, you know, you just have to, sometimes you just have to let things go mm-hmm. like, okay, that's not going to get done today. So what? Right. You just, uh, and it, and it could be on a given day that you're child needs you emotionally in a way that you need to stop what you're doing and you need to spend serious time either just snuggling that child or talking to that child or whatever. And I can tell you right now, there were lots of days when some of our kids that, that went through the whole foster adoption process or whatever, like they would hit, uh, like, a an anniversary or they would deal with a bully at school or something. And, and I knew something was seriously up and I had to, I had to stop everything Mm. and confront that. Right. I mean, you have to, you got to deal with it. Um, so, so it's, it's okay. You know, just, so what? Like, so what? Cereal for dinner. Big deal. Yeah. Right. right? No. <laughs> I mean, that it's just oh, going to yes. happen sometimes. And that's okay. Yeah. No one's going to, you know, dive scurvy because you didn't give them green beans today. Right. Exactly. So. Well, let's tie into like the resiliency. And we kind of like talked okay. about that just a little bit about how kind of God showed up during hard times with the money situation. Um, right. But I'm curious to hear maybe a story or two that really stands out to you, you know, especially coming out of um, a pandemic and now we have, Mm -hmm. you know, um, Ukraine and, you know, people are just kind of, I mean, I I think people don't even know how to manage their emotions right now. Like, I feel like it's like you have your own issues that you're dealing with right now. Right. Right. And then you have as United States, like with COVID and all that. And then, and then we have global, right? So it's kind yeah. of like, we're all just trying to not eat our feelings completely. Right. right. <laughs> I've seen so many people say, <laughs> you'll see it like on Instagram stories or whatever. People are like, I'm eating my feelings. And so, you know, <laughs> and, and then you feel bad for feeling bad because you're like, we're not even going through this for Ukraine, but you feel bad for them. And then you're like, I don't even yeah. know. You feel bad for having a good time. Right. And going on with your life. So, so what I I'm saying all this is because in a short amount of time, 
Like we kind of have seen like between COVID and then there was Afghanistan, I think what, six, seven months ago that, that we were all watching that as, you know, a world view. Yes. Right. And then, um, and then now we're watching Ukraine. And I mean, I don't even think we realize, especially as Americans, how much that all impacts us. Like, Like if someone were to ever ask us, oh, do you think this would impact you down the road? I don't, I don't know what we would say. And so I think sometimes it's overwhelming because we don't even yeah. know what to do. And I say all of this to acknowledge what is going on. Um, but then also to be like, okay, how are we managing our lives and doing the best that we can do and show up? Because it doesn't help all of, it doesn't help anyone, anyone in mm-hmm. Ukraine or anywhere to, for all of us to completely fall apart. Right. So right. I want to, I want to ask you, you know, if people are really struggling and they're just kind of like, I don't know how to be resilient during this time. Like, I, I don't yep. know if I have enough strength. What, yep. what is your suggestions for them? Well, first off, I would say you, you have to get your act, your own act together because yeah. you're going to need to help your kids get their act together. Right. Right. So they're not going to be able to be completely sheltered from all this stuff going on. Yes. And especially older kids are going to be curious. They're going to want to talk about these things. And you're going to have to have processed it yourself in exactly. order to be able to be the mom that you, they need you to be. Um, but I'd, so I, I would say, first off, take care of your own health. Like, like make sure you get a walk in, make sure you get some sunshine hitting your retinas. You know mm, what I mean? Like yep. silly little stuff like that. Just make sure you eat correctly and all that. I have the opposite problem with anxiety or whatever. Mm. Like when, if I'm like that, I don't eat. Oh. Like I forget. Okay. Like my husband. So you're not, you're you not emotionally eating. You're just forgetting no. to eat. <laughs> I, I like, no, I'm like, my stomach goes into a knot. Like I can put something down <gasps> oh, there if I try. Oh, got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. I know what and you so mean. So my husband would go, did you eat today? I'm like, I think so. No, I didn't. I didn't like, you know, like I would, I would start making food for everybody else. And by the time I'm done getting to the last kid, I'm cleaning up the first yeah, one and I'm cleaning right. up everybody and I got the kitchen clean and I left the room and I never ate. Yeah. I mean, it just would be like that sometimes. And so uh, first off, so take care of yourself, even if you have to set an alarm or whatever, do what, do what you have to do. Um, and, um, think of it as if you're, if you're the pitcher, you have to be full to be able to pour out of your pitcher. Mm. You can't pour out of an empty yes. pitcher. I've always right? felt that analogy. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So keep yourself filled up. Try to, you know, spend time with the Lord to, to make sure that you're, that you're, you're getting what you need. And then also pay attention to your marriage. Really, really mm. important. Schedule date nights. I got to tell you, we had a scheduled date night every week. Sometimes it got canceled. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yep. But never twice in a row. We tried really oh, hard. Yeah. Never canceled twice in a row. But stuff happens. You know how that goes. But we always had it on the calendar. And so we would take care of that. And, you know, I mean, you just sometimes you got to finish a sentence for crying out loud. Right? I know. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, so you gotta, you gotta schedule those. And if you, if you don't take care of your marriage, you're really sunk because yeah. you guys are a team. Yep. And it, and this is like, I, I, I was a coach before I was a mom oh, and uh-huh. I was a teacher before I was a mom. Okay. So once, once we were beyond two kids, I said to Dave, all right, we're now on zone defense. <laughs> no more man to man. Yep. We're on zone and, and, and the zone just had to keep getting wider and wider and you know, you know how that goes. Yeah. So, so we have to be a team. So this, so that's really important. 
But so I'd say, all right, so number one, take care of you. Number two, take care of your marriage. But number three, don't believe lies. Mm. All right. And I'm talking about the lies that you have a tendency to believe. I see. Right. So do you have a tendency to believe that God is not good, that God is not sufficient? Any of those things? If you do, I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. Dig it out. Yeah. Dig it out because he is. He's good. And is all sufficient, right? Yeah. Do you have lies about yourself that you believe about your value, right? Those kinds of things can undermine you and you need to make sure you don't function in those kinds Mm -hmm. of lies. Um, do you have any lies about your children? Um, like, uh, all teens rebel. That's not true. That's Mm -hmm. a lie. Yeah. Don't expect it. Do not expect it. You will make it happen. Don't, you know what I'm saying? So, so those kinds of things. And then, and then the lies about life, like I shouldn't be suffering or, or, you know, um, uh, you know, God, God wouldn't give me this to handle if, you know, if he knew what I was going through or whatever. No, that's not true. Mm. I mean, the, the bottom line is a lot of times we, we have way more on our plates than we can handle and we just have to trust him to do it for us. Right. Yeah. You're just going to have to say, all right, God, put a knot at the end of this rope. Cause I'm hanging on. Yeah. That those right. are really good points. Yes. So, so for resilience to me, in my mind, it's just like take care of you physically, take care of your marriage, and make sure you're not believing any lies in the back of your head that would keep you from being able to bounce back. Yes. That is so good. Yeah. Uh, so. Trisha, so we're at the end of the show, but I wanted you to mention your book again, and I will put that on the show notes. Okay. It's called Eight Was Enough, A God-Led Adventure with Adopted and Special Needs Kids. Awesome. Well, is there anything you want to add before we end today's show? Let's see. Well, um, I also have a website. Um, yeah, I'll make sure to put that on the TrishaKCampbell.com. Yeah, um, and on the website, um, mm-hmm. I have a, a really great chore system, which we didn't get to talk about. But anyway, it's called the PEG system, and it okay. worked great. Oh, we perfect. tried everything yeah. for years. We were stickers and charts and this and that. We came up with the PEG system, and it worked great. And the And the kids really loved it. So we didn't feel like we had to keep the system going or whatever. They, they really enjoyed the system and it also taught them responsibility with money. So it was kind of a twofold thing. Oh, that's Um, awesome. But anyway, it's a free download on the website. Yeah. I'll make sure to put your website on there along with your book. Okay. Well, Trisha, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was great talking with you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Hey, you guys, before you turn this episode off, I just wanted to let you know, if you were trying to grab my free worksheet, getting back into your routine for losing weight and you had troubles, there was an issue with the link. And I just want to make sure that you guys know that it is working now. It's mominspiredshow.com forward slash routine. So if you're kind of like, I tried going and it just sent me to some random place. Um, this is for grabbing your free copy of how to get going with weight loss again worksheet. So again, head on over to mominspiredshow.com forward slash routine to grab your free copy. What it does is it shows you how to easily get back into your routine. And sometimes you guys, we just get off, you know, Right now it's spring break and you're traveling and you just kind of like throw your eating plan out the window, but then you got to get back on track, you know, to feel your best. This is what I like to use um, just 
being stressed out, family obligations, being sick, you name it, it can all throw you off. So I personally love using this when I'm ready to get back into my routine um, to go after my goals, if that's either to lose weight or just to stay into maintenance. So go ahead and grab that. The link is working and I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week.